Hi, I'm Chelsea, and you are listening to episode 27 of today, Put of the Cross. I'm outside, and I'm looking at all the beautiful trees, the sky, the sun is shining. I listened to the news this morning, and... Of course, every single station is politics, 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 politics. I just want to scream because it makes me sick to see what's going on in today's world. To hear about it is enough, but then to see it on TV or YouTube, oh my goodness. I mean... It's crazy out there, and it makes my problem seem so small, you know? Some of you may think that in some of my podcasts that I'm whining. Really, as I am trying to reach out to people and tell you about my experiences and how I get through them, I am actually counseling myself, if that makes sense, because the power of words are so strong. If you get out of bed today and you say, boy, I'm going to have a shit day, well, then that's the kind of day you're going to have. But just maybe if you got out of bed today and you tell yourself today, Today is when it changes. Self, today is when you're going to smile. You can try exercises. You know, hear me for just a minute, okay? Because I'm actually trying this myself. I'm not just preaching it to you. Faith is one of the biggest topics in the Bible. You want to know why? Because without faith, how can we say that we believe in God? How can we say that we believe that anything in the Bible and what they say, what it says? You have to have faith to believe in anything I see my son, and he'll go up there, and he'll wrestle, and he'll say, I'm going to win the the challenge today. And I'm like, that's the spirit, and he'll win, you know? But then other times, he's like, oh, man, I can't beat that guy. And he loses. And just like that, that I see my son... We can practice the power of our words as adults. My mom has tried to teach me this for years. And I don't know if I've mentioned this in any of my episodes, but sometime after my mom had had a miscarriage with my baby sister when she was four months pregnant, Um, they found a cyst in her breast. And 
And when the test came back, it was positive. It was cancer. And they told her everything that they were going to do for her and that they were going to make her comfortable. But it was dangerous. It was pretty bad. Me and the family, we were absolutely terrified. And even though I was five years old, I still remember to this day how it felt to hear that my mom had cancer. I, I really didn't understand the word, but I knew that it was bad, and I knew that it made my mommy sick. It's like my kids, you know, when they were younger, they did not understand. They thought that I was disappointing, almost. And it's sad, really, when you're young and your mom's sick, because instead of feeling sorry for which we don't want pity from our kids but that is an emotion that some children will feel for people a lot actually more than we even know but instead of feeling sorry for our moms when we're younger we almost blame them mom do you feel like playing with me today no right not right now honey I don't feel good And I can't tell you how many times I had to hear my mom say that. And if she heard me say this today, it would probably break her heart. But guess what? I am responsible for repeating those words over and over and over to my children, just like my mom did. And praise the Lord, though, my mom learned about the power of words before it was too late. She built her faith up after those doctors told her she had cancer, and she went home. She said, Doctor, just give me some time. Now, this doctor, okay, the one that diagnosed her, the one that did her scans, the one that was going to treat her, For her cancer. He was an atheist. He did not believe in God. He had no faith. My mom went home. Came home. She read her Bible. And she read healing verses. Over and over and over. Until she couldn't anymore. And boy, did she get the best sleep of her life because, let me tell you, anytime you feel like you need to take an ambient to sleep or you don't have anything to take to go to sleep and you, and you have insomnia, read your Bible. I guarantee you, you'll be asleep within a half hour. <laughs> no matter how bad your insomnia is. You want to know why? Because the devil wants us to sleep through reading the Bible. Oh, he loves it. He loves it. Now, the Bible can be peaceful. And, um, boy, my lisp is really bad today, guys. (laughs) Don't worry. I'm going to have a beautiful smile soon. My gums are healing great. And November 23rd, 
I get my new beautiful implants put in. But anyway, let's get back to what we're saying because what I'm saying is so important, okay? It actually is more important than anything I can think of right now because this can go as far as voting for the president and believing that Trump is going to win. Yes, I want Trump to be my president. <laughs> so if you're not, if you don't vote for Trump, that's okay. <laughs> but please continue to listen to my podcast because, like I said, there are no judges here. The only one that can judge is God. I am definitely not one to do that. <laughs> and if I had that job, I would be lousy at it. <laughs> Look, come on, go on through. You're more than welcome to join in heaven. I, I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he, he has the hardest job in the world. You know that? I mean, we are all God's children. And when some of us die, for him to have to look us in the eye, which actually it says in the Bible, we won't be able to do that because he shines so bright that the power of his image we can't look we can't look at him that's at least how the bible describes it but anyway um back to what i'm saying though my mom read those verses every night and she fasted because one night while she was praying, she said, God, I'm going to stop talking and I'm going to start listening now. So this is the time I need you to speak to me. Tell me what to do here. Because if you want me to go into that doctor's office and do these treatments and fight for my life like hell, I will. And if you tell me not to, and to have faith, I will. And I swear, like, when she said that, it was almost like a person was right beside her. Because she heard these words. Child, you are already healed. You are already healed. All you have to do is believe and thank me for it because I've already healed you, child. Now get up because you don't have cancer. Well, a month later, she went back for her scans. And I mean, this doctor's jaw dropped to the floor. <laughs> there wasn't a cancer cell in my mom's body. And he had to double check everything that he had done. I mean, it um, it amazed this guy. He, he was so white, it, he looked like he saw a ghost. And he did, the Holy Ghost. <laughs> the power of God was in the room that day, <laughs> more than anything. And he rechecked his notes Again and again and again. 
And he said, I can't, I can't believe this. And she said, well, you better start believing or you're going to be in a lot of trouble. And your life's going to be in trouble, sir, because there is a God and he has healed me. <laughs> when I remember that story, it, it gets me pumped up, almost like adrenaline. I have failed myself this time, and that is very hard for me to admit. You have no idea. The Hallows, that's my maiden last name, and uh, West, my marriage name. My marriage from my ex-husband, it's still on my driver's license. But Hallo, H-A-L-L-O, it's a German name for hello. <laughs> Don't hold that against me. <laughs> but anyway, the Hallows are, we are very stubborn people. And we do not like to back down to anyone. We do not like to accept when we've made a mistake. We do not like to admit when we are wrong, we're terrible. And at the game table, if we're playing cards or what's that game? Yahtzee from back in the day? Oh, Lord. <laughs> Stay back because something's fixing to get broken. And that is why game night stopped when I was about 14 years old. That was the last of it. <laughs> No, we've tried to bring it back with my kids, but they're just as bad. They are all so competitive. I had to stop playing games with them. They get angry and throw stuff, and I'm not trying to say that my family's terrible, but it's pretty bad. But I've got to say something, though. I, uh... I told my mom at the beginning of all of this when I lost my fiancé to that fatal car accident the 5th of the last month, and uh, I told my mom, you know what, I'm going to start writing a journal. And she said, like, your thoughts or what? She said, you haven't kept a journal in ages. And I said, I know. She said, you used to write all the time. What happened? And I said, well... <sighs> I said, it's not really necessarily for me this time. He said, what do you mean? And I said, my counselor hasn't told me to do this, but I'm going to do it. And she said, okay, what is it? What is it? I started writing letters to Elvis. Elvis Watley. That was the name of my fiance that I just lost. And I started writing to him. It didn't matter what time it was, day or night, just whenever I had something to say or share, I wrote to him as if he was right there. And I told myself that I could get ahead of my own grief and that I could do this better than I have in the past when bad things have happened to me or when sad things have happened around me. Because I'm not trying to make his death all about me. Oh, there are so many people 
that are at a loss because this man is gone. There's there's not enough fingers in the world to count how many people out there loved Elvis so much. I know that when you're on Facebook or on Twitter or whatever, it doesn't seem like a lot, but for his tribute ride, and I said this before, almost 200 people showed up in their cars and on motorcycles, mostly motorcycles, because that's what he drove and that's what he was into. And that's that's bigger than a funeral if we had had one. And it turned out wonderful and lovely. But anyway, I wrote him a lot. And whenever I started thinking about him, I said, no, I got to get ahead of my grief. I got to get ahead of my grief. And my mom said, wow, the house looks great, Chelsea, but you didn't have to do this. And every day she started saying the same thing until she realized I was running myself rapid, and she said, Honey, slow down, or you're going to crash. And I wasn't really listening to what she was saying. I wasn't hearing her words. She was trying to bring me Bible verses, and she was trying to tell me everything's going to be okay. And I said, Mom, I need you to stop preaching at me as if I'm disappointing you in some type of way. I said, why is your verses better than the ones that I'm reading? And she said, excuse me, I was trying to help. And I realized that I was trying to, I was trying to show her and my dad and my kids that I was okay and Like I said, I was trying to get ahead of my grief. Losing him and losing the baby all at the same time. And I just kept myself busy, you know. In the last three months, whether I had COVID-19 or not, I had gotten sick so much that, you know, um, me and Elvis, we were together every day. So... I mean, we were immune to each other. If he got sick, uh, I didn't get sick. And if I got sick, he didn't get sick. So, but anyway, um, I, uh, somewhere in there, though, I stopped reading my Bible while I was with him. And somewhere in there, I stopped asking God to cover us with his umbrella protection. And I'm not saying it's my fault that he's not alive today. But if I had put my money where my mouth is, he might have been. Because the power of words, faith... It's so much. It's everything. It's everything. I'm not going to say who said it because it's very personal. 
but uh, the kid, his kids had lost their mom four years back, which made everything so much more tougher for his children. I mean, they're not children anymore. They're adults. They're married, and they have kids. So he left six or seven grandkids behind, one on the way, actually. And uh, I'm not going to say who said it. It doesn't matter. But somebody said, I'm so scared, Dad. I, and this is when they had just met me. But someone said, I'm so scared, Dad. You know how Mom died, and it was because of that nasty boyfriend of hers. I'm not going to go into details because it's not my place. But um, they said, you know, I'm so scared. I mean, I've... You're going to die, too, and I don't want that to happen to you. You've got to break up with her. They weren't sure of me. I was going to the methadone clinic because I couldn't get into pain management, and I still am, as y'all know, and I'm finally fixing to be able to switch over to uh, a doctor that is accepting me for pain management because my mom told him my story, and talk to him about what I have, which is acute intermittent parfaria. And if you don't know it, look it up because there are only three specialists in the United States. And only one is in Alabama. And thank God <laughs> the one that's in Alabama is an hour away in Birmingham at UAB Hospital. And... um it took a long time because they thought that I had just had fibromyalgia and interstitial cystitis, but I was so sick all the time growing up, we had a feeling it was something more. They tested me for chromes, all kinds of stuff. But anyway, um, I tried to reassure them all, you know, I'm not going to put your dad in danger. I do not use drugs. I got away from my husband because I knew that it was time to let him go because I wasn't sure if he was ever going to stop using after he had gone to rehab at least six times. And, you know, I, I did my very best to show them that I was a good mother to my own children. I tried inviting them over. And, um, I mean, the first week that I had met his kids, you know, we find out that his son Brandon was in the hospital because his blood pressure was like 200 over like 120. <laughs> and I mean, that is death. They said that if he had not made it to the hospital 10 minutes later, he was a goner. And I hadn't even met his kids yet. And here I am. And Elvis said, wait, we've got to drop my girlfriend off. And I said, no, you don't. Your son is in Tupelo, Mississippi. He is dying. He's on his deathbed. I'm getting in the car with you. You're not driving me from Vance back to Northport just because... I have to go to the methadone clinic and take my dose.
I am not putting methadone before your son's life. And I got in the car with them, with all of these people that I didn't know. And I met his grandkids and his family all at the same time. I mean, can you even imagine? And um, within one hour, I felt like I was with a family that I could spend the rest of my life with. I fell in love with all of them in one night. Because I saw the love they, they had for each other. And... uh I called my mom, and my mom called her friends, and her friends called a church, and called my old piano teacher, Carla Fladstall. Sorry, Carla, if it bothers you that I mentioned you. I didn't even think about it when I just said it, but she is an amazing woman, and I've always adored her so much, and she she loves me so much, and she's always telling me, Keep going, Chelsea, because God has plans for you. I just know it. And she's so, she's such a sweetheart. But like I was saying, though, I fell in love with this family. And those words that this person had said, it just stuck with me. You know? I said, Elvis, this is not even the same kind of situation that your ex-wife was in with her boyfriend. I'm not dangerous. I'm not a drug addict. I'm not on drugs. I'm not an alcoholic. I don't drink at all. I'm a wonderful mother. And he said, yes, I know, baby. But they don't know that. And they just don't want to see the same thing happen again. But whoever said it, though, ended up saying it at least three times. And I am not in any way blaming all of this on this one person. But those words were spoken over six months ago. And he died last month while he was on the way to my house, two two miles down the road. And he had barely been staying at his place anymore, so... We were 99% of the time here at my home and living together and getting married in October. And it just reminded me again, though. I mean, I heard, when I heard that he was dead, I remembered back when those words that were said. And I remember playing them in my mind. And allowing fear to get the best of me. And he's he's dead now. And like I said, I am not blaming that person at all. Because they had every right to be concerned. But I'm trying to make a point by showing you, though, that we have to watch what we say about the people that we love and about each other no matter whether or not if you like that person or not or about yourself because how we look at things and how we think things are going to turn out that is what's going to happen God says it again and again and again and again in the Bible 
O ye of little faith, forgive him, Father, for he knows not what he does. I know what I've done. And I know that my judgment day is coming. But I now know today that I am going to heaven. And if there are issues in your life that you are having, like the way I am today, having lost my fiancé and my baby, I am having to remember that I have two children that need me right now. But I should have listened to my mother. I try to get ahead of my grief and it bit me in the ass. Just like she said it would. And I crashed and I crashed hard. I've hardly slept in three days. And I'm trying to let the tears out. But I'm so scared that if I start, that I won't be able to get myself to stop. (sighs) So, will you fight this fight with me? Will you stand up with me in the mornings? We don't have to talk to each other. We don't know each other. You just listen to me on a podcast, but what I'm saying is... Let's try this. Let's. I already know it's true. And and if you have a story in your life where you've seen it, then you already know it's true. And if you don't know anything about faith, look up verses in the Bible. Type in faith on your phone or computer right now. As you're listening to me, if you want. And read the scriptures about faith one time after another. You will see. Faith with faith, anything is possible. God gave us that. Because in this world that we live in, Satan controls it. And that is why. So many bad things have happened in my life because he is trying to destroy me. He is trying to take the tools that I once had away from me and I am trying to reclaim them back. And those tools that I speak of are spiritual tools to fight for what I want, to fight what I have, my family and to fight for myself because I am not going down like this Satan you cannot have me father I feel like someone that is going to listen to what I'm talking about today that they are going to be very depressed And that they need to hear what I am saying. And I thank you, God, that I am saying the right words. I thank you, Father, that you just take over my tongue and help me to say what I need to say. To reach out to that special person that I feel 
that needs to listen to my podcast. And I thank you, God, that nothing gets in the way of them listening to it. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. We don't do it on purpose. But when a mother has four kids and she says out loud, oh, great, little Janie is sick. And I'm just making up names. But then she says, now I'm going to get sick. Ben's going to get sick and little Tyler's going to get sick. And then eventually my husband's going to get sick. Well, (laughs) you just spoke it, so it must be true. (laughs) We don't even know when we're doing it. Which is why right now, me and my mom and my dad, we're actually all exercising words of faith. And we're trying to say, "Uh uh-uh, don't say that. Whenever you're fixing to say, I don't feel good, or I think I'm coming down with something, say, Mom, I'm not feeling well right now, but I thank you in the name of Jesus. I will be well, and that it's going to, going away. Some because sometimes we do need to let other people know what's going on with us, but there is a time to be quiet, so that we can listen to what God has to say. Because if we just listened and stopped talking so much, I promise you. God can hear our thoughts. We don't even need to talk to Him. But having a relationship with God is so important because without the relationship, well, faith goes out the window. And without the relationship with God, and then without the faith, the protection over us, goes bye-bye along with it, and we lose ourselves out there. And God has to sit back until you are found again. If you've never opened your heart to God, please think about it, okay? Because... We are in a time that the Bible predicted many, 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 many years ago. And it's only going to get worse from here. You think COVID-19 was scary? Are you serious? President Trump came down with COVID-19. Two days later, he was speaking in front of 2,000 people. And the runner-up, Biden, has spoken to only 84 people because he's hidden in his house practically since COVID-19 started with his fear and lack of faith. You think he has God in him? Not at all. And if he became president, God help us. And if Nancy Pelosi steps up to the plate, 
like my dad said, we're shit canned. This country is shit canned. And he, I don't know how real he was being, but he was, he sounded pretty serious to me. He said, if she, if she gets it because it's a truce and nobody wins the election and she has to take place as president, this country is going straight to hell. And it's already going straight to hell right now. But if President Trump wins, though, we have a chance of having a better country for a while longer while we wait for the rapture to happen and for God to come back and to take us. And on that day, where are you going to be? What will you be doing? I know what I don't want to be doing. I don't want to be in my bed sulking over my dead fiance anymore. It is a time for me to be brave for my children. It is a time for me to have faith and to take it one day at a time. I tried to rush things. I tried to play God with my own mental stability, and I lost that war. And I lost that war to Satan, and I crashed, and I burned, and now I'm reaping the repercussions. I don't want that to happen again. I want to believe that I'm ready for anything that Satan has to come at me with, because I have to learn how to fight spiritually or he is going to win and I can't let that happen not to me not to my family it's time for us to step up ladies we are the spiritual leaders of our family it says so right there in the bible the husband is the head and the woman is the neck and in the bible there are no words of the woman manipulating the husband. That's not what that means. The world came up with that theory, not God. So read it again if you need to, but that's not what he meant. He meant it in a spiritual guidance way, not a manipulative one. I will see Elvis again one day. And it will be wonderful when that day comes. So like yesterday when my mom was talking about, I can't wait until God comes back. It's going to be awesome. Eternity is going to be awesome. And I looked at her and I said, that sounds exhausting to me right now. And when I heard myself say those words out loud. That's when I realized just how depressed I really was. Because when you say that, that sort of is the same thing as saying that they can't wait to die. And that they hope that there's nothing after. And that was very scary for me. And I don't ever want to cross that line again.
So, God, I am saying this before the public, before the world right now. I am sorry for not putting my faith in you enough to get me through this. I'm sorry for playing God and not asking for you to help. I'm sorry for counseling myself in a worldly matter instead of a spiritual one. And I am asking you for your help and for your guidance. And I thank you, God, that I do get through this, not just for me, but for my children who need me desperately, especially in these times. And especially in their ages, my daughter's 16, my son is 13. Those are drastic ages. And I don't want other people to be their influencers. I mean, of course, they're going to have some, and they're going to have some heroes, and they're going to have some people that they look up to. But I want them to be good people. I do not want to wither away in front of my kids. Because if I'm not the one that they look up to right now, they could possibly turn to the wrong person. And I could lose them. See how I just did that? I said I could. I didn't say I will. So now I'm going to say, I thank you, God, that none of that happens. And that I find my feet again as a mother and a woman and I thank you, God, that I do find love again. Because I have to remind myself. Because I've said it so many times already since Elvis has died that I will never love again. And I don't want that to happen. I do want love in my life. And it's not that I'm scared of being alone. But it's because I have a lot of love to give. And I want to share my beautiful family with somebody else one day. And I hope that day is soon. And I'm not saying this in a hurtful manner. Because my fiance's body is practically still warm. But what I mean is... I don't want to shut the door on love. I am only 34 years old, and I have to remember that. And I thank you, God, that you lead me to a person that is a Christian, a non-drug addict, a non-alcoholic, somebody that I can relate to and laugh with and share good times with again, like the way I did with Elvis, but even better. Right now, it's hard to imagine better because I loved him so much. But I thank God that you helped me mend my pain and that you helped me to grow from it and that you helped me to use it to become a better mother and a better daughter and a better wife for when I do get married. For my next love, Father God. I believe in you, Lord. 
and I believe in the power of words. And I am sorry for turning from you, for turning away from you for a moment. I let myself slide, and I take full responsibility, and I am sorry. And for whatever other sins I've committed, for any white lies, well, a lie is a lie. For any lies that I've told, for anyone I've gossiped about without trying to hurt anyone, because sometimes we do unintentionally hurt people. And we do it more than we think. And that is why we need to start thinking before we speak again. Because of faith as well. But Father God, I ask you for whatever sins I've committed to forgive me today. And I thank God that you... Reclaim my heart, come into it. And today, I thank God that I am a believer. I thank God that I am a Christian. And I thank you that you are a forgiver of all sinners when they come to you and ask for it. Today, I am born again. Christian, and today I am re-cleansed as one, and I am asking all of you today, whatever you might be going through, he can help. He's the father of all fathers, and he's the father to the fatherless, and that's what I tell my kids, because they don't have one, but they do, though. They do, and his name is God. We all do, and his name is God, and there is only one God. (sighs) Father God, we thank you so much for everything you do for us. We ask you to bless us on this beautiful day, and we thank you that Alabama kicks George's ass. Roll Tide! (laughs) We love you, and we thank you for all that you do for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to another episode of Foot of the Cross. This is Chelsea Hallow speaking and saying, God can help you. You just have to give your heart to him and take it one day at a time. Thank you, and good day.